have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to 1 John chapter 3. We'll get to that in short order. Um, a lost phone. If you uh, have lost your phone, I believe there's one that somebody found in the usher's office, so you can deal with that uh, after church. Speaking of phones, please switch them off. And we're going to start making announcements about devices uh, in church, in the hands of children. Church is not a place to watch TV on your phone and play games. Your children need to learn to sit. Uh, can you imagine when you were growing up in the Catholic Church ripping out an iPad? I don't think so. So uh, if what's good enough for them ought to be good enough for us. So parents, uh, uh, you need to, because the, the reality is at some point I would imagine you're going to want to Stop that. Maybe when they're six or seven or eight or ten or twenty years old, you're not going to be able to if it becomes a habit. So you might as well, cold turkey, stop it now. Thank you, Pastor Stevens, for that. Amen. First John, chapter 3. You may not be aware of this, and you may not look at it this way. But the devil has an actual job. He has a job. He clocks in regularly and faithfully. Maybe a better way to state it would be to say that he is clocked in, and that actually is permanent. He never clocks out. He's always on the job. He is a good, diligent, faithful worker, and he does his job well. His wages are your misery. His wages are everything that good, everything good that God has stolen from you. Those are his wages, and ultimately his wage, his payment for all of his work, for showing up faithfully every day to carry out his assigned duties, is going to be your eternal soul. In our text, and what triggered me about this subject and this line of revelation and thinking is the phrase we're going to be reading tonight uh, about the works of the devil. That word caught my attention, works, work. The word means occupation, labor, employment, business, uh, or industry. The devil has an industry. He has a business. He runs very faithfully. He has a place of occupation. A lot of you have experienced in your life getting fired from a job. You had to clear out your desk, your workstation, your locker. You've had to turn over a vehicle, perhaps, or your files. Uh, maybe you have had, uh, some of you, the unfortunate circumstance uh, of being escorted off the premises by security. Well, that's what I propose we do to the devil tonight. We are going to officially relieve him from his duties and escort him off of the property of our lives. 
First John, how many think that's a good idea? First John chapter 3 is where I want to read from. And I want to minister briefly tonight, as best as I'm able to, considering how inspired I am and I might get as I preach. First John 3, beginning in verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence tonight, for your power, for your anointing. Anoint this sermon. Stir faith in the hearts of all the saints tonight. Trigger faith, O God, so that we can experience a real, lasting deliverance this evening, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. I want to talk, first of all, about these works of the devil. The Word of God is very clear. Right now, the devil is on the job. And again, his place of employment is your life. He is diligently at work. His office, the job site, his place of labor, his area of expertise is your life. And mark it down. He is a craftsman. He is a master strategist. <coughs> Excuse me. He is a journeyman. He's been at this a long time. He has a lot of experience. John 10 puts it this way. The thief, meaning uh, the devil or Satan uh, does not come except uh, to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, that is part of what his job description is. That is what he's after. Uh, that is what he wants to try to accomplish. Uh, and in order to accomplish his assigned duties, uh, his job, uh, he has tools. He has plans. He has very specific skills. He has a job description uh, and a mission statement uh, that defines his occupation and what he does. Uh, and his aim is to try and rob you of uh, the inheritance that God has for you uh, and undermine God's will and God's purpose. The problem is that all of this activity that I'm describing, an on-the-job devil who is present, located, seeking to work. A lot of that happens in the unseen realm. And very often we do not attribute it. We don't attribute what's going on in our lives to the works of the devil. We don't. We don't attribute what's happening to him being on the job. And that's because his work takes place in the spiritual realm. It takes place and may manifest itself and erupt in a very logical area of our lives, circumstances and, and financial need and poverty and mental 
uh, torment and spiritual barrenness and dryness. Uh, we see all that, uh, but we don't attribute it to the works of the devil. You know, a lot of work gets done by people behind the scenes. If you've ever seen a movie and watched the credits, you may have only actually seen 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 actors. But there are literally hundreds of workers, beginning with the director uh, and the cinematographer uh, and the producers uh, and, and, and scores, hundreds of other individuals uh, that work behind the scenes. Uh, the devil does not want to work in front of the camera. He doesn't want you to recognize uh, that it's him uh, who's working in your life. Uh, He locates himself uh, in the unseen realm uh, behind the camera. He doesn't want you attributing uh, what's happening in your life uh, to the works of the devil. Paul wrote about this when he said in 2 Corinthians, lest Satan should take advantage of us, For we are not ignorant of his devices, meaning it's possible for us to be ignorant as he lays out his strategies, as he shows up on the job side of your life and begins to go to work. It's possible for us to be ignorant and not recognizing that what's going on in our lives is actually a consequence. Job, all the destructive circumstances that took place in his life. Satan is the unseen player. He's not mentioned by Job throughout the 42 chapters of Job. He's not mentioned by Job. He's not mentioned by uh, the friends of Job. He's the unseen force uh, and the unseen player. uh, And Job's life and all the loss and all the tragedy uh, represented the works Of the devil. The devil is on the job. He's on the job to hinder, to deceive, to undermine, to torment. There are strongholds that exist. There are areas in your life, in some people's lives, of defiance that are located in human personality. Things that we can't get free from. Fears and insecurities. A mind that cannot discover real peace and joy and victory. People who experience constant financial distress. The Bible refers to poverty as the work of the devil. And it is a consequence of what the prophet Malachi called the devourer, that he goes to work in the material realm of your life to swallow finances, to attack your material life. Mental assaults. Fear, as I've already mentioned, and intimidation. And he manifests all of these works in our daily lives. And as a matter of fact, no one is immune to this, not even Jesus himself. When it came to Jesus, Satan had a job assignment. He targeted the very lordship of Jesus Christ. And Matthew says, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil. The devil viewed Jesus' life as a field of labor, as an office, as a place of employment. He had an agenda, and he had things that he wanted to try to achieve. 
and accomplish in his life. We have the woman that Jesus encountered in the synagogue in Luke 13. When he's dealing with this woman and heals her, he said, So ought not this woman, uh, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. I'm not going to elaborate on it lengthily tonight. uh, Whom Satan has bound. Think of it, he said, uh, for 18 years. uh, Should she not be loosed uh, from this bond uh, on the Sabbath? Uh, Sickness uh, and disease uh, is a consequence uh, of the works of the devil. It flows forth from Satan. We get sick. There are families and individuals that are chronically ill, chronically sick. Children, fevers and runny noses and sick from one day. They get better. And then a few days later, and this spirit of sickness can permeate a person's life. Can uh, emotional distress and torment, uh, family contentions and problems, uh, the devouring of finances, uh, people that are constantly oppressed and depressed, uh, vexed and tormented. uh, All of this uh, is a consequence uh, of the works uh, of the devil uh, being manifest in our lives. The Bible says in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The word there means to exercise harsh control over one, to hold somebody down and not let him back up. Have you ever been so vexed and tormented and oppressed? It's like a wrestling hold gets you on the ground and won't let you up. You can't seem to get free. You've got a little bit of wiggle room, but you can't get back on your feet and go forward. Habitual sin and bondage, no let up, constant harassment. The Bible attributes all of this to the job assignment of Satan, and that takes place in our lives. Let's talk secondly about the works of God. Because there is good news, God also has a job, aren't you grateful for that? He never lets up. He never takes days off. He never quits. He never takes a vacation. This is what defines his purpose. The works of the devil provide definition for the work that God does. He works And he seeks to manifest himself where you live. In our text, it says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. God's field of labor is every area in your life where Satan has been at work. That's where he wants to show up. It's kind of like having a job where you fix or you repair. There are potholes all over our uh, uh, city streets. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, in the pothole department uh, uh, of our city, uh, they get work orders that assign them to go to certain places uh, uh, where, where there's a lot of damage and there's potholes uh, uh, and the roads need to be repaired. Uh, and so that uh, describes for them where they, they go to places uh, that are distressed, places where there's damage, uh, places where their expertise uh, is necessary. Uh, and this 
this is an exact description. Every area of your life where Satan has been at work, every place where he has done damage, God has a work order to go there and bring deliverance to your life. John 9, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. That word is similar. It's a different word, but it's similar to the word that describes the works of the devil. That word means to labor, to do business, to produce, or to earn by working. Everywhere the evidence is present where Satan has been at work in your life, that is where God goes to work. He has a work order. That work order may direct him toward a sickness in your physical body. It may direct him toward your finances. It may direct him toward a tormented mind. It may direct him toward a broken down marriage. It may direct him toward a son or a daughter or a mother or a father who's backslidden. God has work orders that direct him to where Satan has been manifesting his works in your life. Luke says, Now it happened on a certain day as Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present there to heal them. Why? Because that's where Satan was manifesting his works. People were sick. They've been tormented by the devil. They're mentally uh, oppressed. They're demoralized, They're discouraged. They have no sh- uh, uh, they have no joy. They have no victory. Uh, sin is hanging over their lives like a dark cloud. Uh, and the Bible says that the Lord was present uh, to heal them because that's where the works of the devil were being manifested. That's why he targeted people that were sick that were diseased, those that were bound and oppressed and tormented, those who had no peace of mind. In Luke 6, the Bible says, And a great multitude of people came to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Listen, Jesus came into a world where the works of the devil had been quite successful. He'd been showing up every day, manifesting his dastardly deeds through torment and sickness and oppression and demon possession and poverty and all manner of unrighteousness and ungodliness and uncleanness. The devil had been at work. Jesus came in the middle of that job site surrounded by destruction to begin the process of destroying the works of the devil. And that's what this text is all about. This is a description and gives us the point of Jesus' appearing. His purpose was to release us from the enemy's power, was to push back on his destructive influence in your life. And this is tonight. His mission in your life, uh, that he might destroy the works of the devil, doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. 
Doesn't mean you're not a Christian, but our lives can exhibit the, the works of the devil. How many can say amen to that? We can get sick. We can be tormented. We can be bound by fear. We can be intimidated. The devil is constantly pressing, constantly trying to gain inroads, uh, constantly trying to gain access uh, to the field that is your life uh, so that he can perform uh, his works. Uh, This phrase that we have in our text, uh, that he might destroy the works of the devil, that word destroy literally means to dissolve or to loosen, to untie. It's the imagery uh, of removing a burden. From, an off, from off of an animal. He can't get it off himself. Uh, it's been tied on. Uh, and now he's weary. Uh, and it's weighing him down. And he can't take much more. Uh, and then his master comes along. Uh, and unties that burden. Uh, and lifts it off. Uh, and sets uh, him free. Uh, he breaks the chains. Uh, and he removes the shackles. The amplified translation of that verse says. The reason. The Son of God was manifest and made visible, was to undo, to destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil and all that he's done. It's the idea of taking something apart. Have you ever had somebody come to your house or maybe even work on your car and they do a terrible job? And then you've got to find someone else and they go to your car, to your house. Who did this? Somebody really jacked you up. That's kind of the picture here. The devil's been making a mess of your life. The devil's been working uh, to bind and to hinder and to undermine, to rob, as the Scripture says. The verse that I read in John 10.10, let me finish it. The thief uh, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He's describing there. And what needs to happen in our lives at this altar is a spiritually violent action. It's an overthrow. If you've ever been fired from a job that maybe you loved that job, maybe the firing was a shock. And you were embarrassed and you were humiliated. And you didn't want to leave the job site. And you're still in remorse over that loss, perhaps. This is exactly the picture here that needs to be done to Satan. He needs to be fired, uh, escorted off the property of your life uh, by Holy Ghost security. uh, And this scripture here that I just read uh, uh, where Jesus said, I've come to give you life uh, and that more abundantly. uh, It sounds nice, but it's actually describing a, a spiritually violent action. Where there has been death, he's going to put life. Matthew says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That word means to press in and to seize control. Even for Jesus, this is work. You know, when Jesus was on earth, he was a man. He was God, but a man. And the Bible says that after ministering all day, he would get tired and would have to go into a deserted place to rest and to pray. 
Even for Christ, uh, the work is laborious and it's exhausting, uh, but it is what he is committed to, their deadlines to meet. Uh, Jesus said uh, that the workday is going to come to an end, night's going to come, uh, when no man is able to work. Uh, and so he's working now before the coming of the Son of Man. He's laboring. There's a lot of work to do. Uh, there's a lot of dismantling of the works of darkness uh, that have been taking place in your life uh, that he wants to apply himself to. Uh, there are a lot of souls that need saving us. A lot of lives that need transforming us. A lot of marriages that need fixing us. A lot of bodies that need healing tonight. And God is committed to stay on the job and never leave, never detach, never to take a vacation, never to sleep, never to rest as long as there is another work of the devil that needs to be dismantled. You see, this is the power of redemption at work. The devil has laid claim to your life. He refers to you as his house. Remember what Jesus said? When an evil spirit goes out of a man, he leaves, wanders around in dry places, and then he returns to his house. Even though he's out, he still looks at you as his house. That's how he views you. He's a squatter. He's a thief. He has no right of access unless you willfully sin and disobey God. But he's always seeking a a way in. Once in, he can then begin to go to work to destroy life. Luke 11 says, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. That's describing Satan and his oversight of your life. But when a stronger than he comes, Christ... He overcomes him. He takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. The work of God tonight is to overthrow the works of darkness, to take them apart, to open the prison doors, to heal, to save, to deliver, and to set the captive free. Let me close by talking about freedom tonight. I've never said, let me close so quickly into a sermon. I want you to see that tonight. We need to recognize tonight, and this is going to be your challenge. You need to be honest tonight and recognize where Satan has been at work in your life. Is it your marriage? Is it in your children's lives? Is it in your finances? Is it in your physical body? Is it in your mind, your emotions? You need to recognize where Satan has been at work in your life, in your family, and around your situation and your circumstances. Because only then can you take the necessary action. You know, there's plenty of evidence tonight of the works of Satan, but there's also plenty of evidence of the works of God. This is what John was talking about when he wrote uh, a chapter before from where I read. He said, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Those are the works of God that have taken place in the lives of people who once represented the works of the devil. Nobody's perfect tonight. 
But there's evidence present that God is at work, that he wants to be at work. You know what it is for God to work in your life, don't you? You know what it is for him to touch you deeply in your emotional realm, in your mind, in your heart, in your physical body, in your finances, in your marriage. There's no greater feeling than when the Spirit of God begins to work on your heart toward your spouse and the marriage starts experiencing a real, genuine revival of love and passion and care and concern for one another. If that's going to happen tonight, you're going to have to give God access. There are a lot of places of employment, and you may work at one, where you have to have a badge to get through a security door. I travel a lot. I'm in airports. All the staff of an airport, there's certain doors that the public can't go through. They have to have a badge. They have to have a code in order to get through that door to perform their duties. You're going to have to give God access. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. If you are in the position of being an employer or a manager or a supervisor where you hire people, you know that nobody can just go to work for you unless you hire them, right? Somebody didn't just show up on the job and say, I'm going to work here today uh, and I want $20 an hour. You've got to hire them. Process has to go through interviews and paperwork and all of that. No one can work for you unless you hire them. Satan is at work, however, by default. He's a squatter. He's taken possession of what rightly belongs to God. He works very hard at manifesting, at maintaining, rather, his presence and manifesting his power in people's lives. Salvation, in a sense, is hiring God. Inviting him onto the job site, saying, look, Lord, my life is a mess. My marriage, my finances, my circumstances, my situation... Lord, my mind, everything is a disaster. Everything is a mess. Salvation, in a sense, is hiring God, welcoming him into your heart and saying, Lord, I want you to go to work. But you know, there are a lot of Christians here. You haven't hired God to help you with your marriage. You continue to exist In a broken marriage with no love, you exist and live like roommates. Others, you're sick in your body. You don't invite him to go to work. Lord, I'm sick. I want you to come on to this job site and straighten me out. Lord, my heart's not right. My emotions are a mess. I'm filled with fear. Why don't you invite him onto the job site of your life and welcome him to go to work in your heart? In order to hire God, you've got to ask him for help. There's a lot of work to be done in all of our lives. There's a lot of work that remains to be done. Thank God he's accomplished a lot, but his task is not yet complete. And we need to make a commitment tonight that we're going to keep the enemy 
off the property of your life, of our lives. I don't know if you've ever been fired. I could be touching a very raw nerve here, but you may have been fired from a job, and then you're told, don't you dare walk onto this premises ever again. Right? Not welcome. You come, and security is going to meet you, or we're going to call the police. We're going to escort you off. That's what you're going to have to do with Satan. You have to resist him. Send him away. Cast him out. He has no right. You're a child of God. In the Lord's Prayer, it says, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, it's God's perfect will. God can establish his perfect will in your life on earth. Within the boundaries of your heart and your family and your mind, God can establish his perfect will. First Peter, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom, whom, he, whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. This is our testimony. We formerly were the job site of the devil, Right? And that was evidenced by broken down marriage, by addictions, by fear, by anger and unforgiveness and rage. But now I'm a child of God, not yet perfect. All the works of the devil haven't yet been unraveled. And mark it down, believers, this is a message for the saint as well as the sinner. Sometimes, unwittingly, we let him back onto the job site. As I said in my sermon on Sunday morning, we're not praying. We're not, we're not packaging the precious uh, valuables of our life correctly uh, in the packaging material of prayer that God has given us. Uh, so we end up 5, 10, 15 years down the road with the marriage. It's all cracked and broken. The substance of a marriage is there, but there's no essence and no spirit. Satan may have done a lot of damage. By his working in our lives. But now God's at work. And it's only going to get better. Can you say amen? I want every head bowed tonight and every eye closed. Nobody moving around for a moment. There's a wonderful grace of God here tonight. As we have been praying and we have been fasting. We probably had the biggest attendances for our prayer meetings. Monday, Tuesday, a Incredible prayer meeting right before service tonight, room full, people zealous. And I know many people, you've never fasted before. This was your first time, never prayed like you've been praying before. This is your first time. We have an altar tonight. And I I don't think there's any better type of message to preach than one of deliverance. God, we want this season of prayer and fasting that we've been engaged upon to result in a in a deeper cleansing and washing and deliverance of our lives. I don't want to tolerate and settle for the works of the devil to be manifest in my life anymore. I'm not settling for sick children and sick bodies and tormented mind and broken down finances.
We can fire the devil and hire Jesus. We push one off the property of our lives and we welcome the other one on too so that he can begin. He knows what to do. He already has the work order. He already has a job description. He knows where the damage is even if you don't recognize it. You open your heart. You welcome him, acknowledging God, I know that my life represents the works of the devil. I can see it in my marriage. I can see it in my mind, in my finances, in my relationships. Maybe you're here backslidden tonight. Underneath the stranglehold of immorality and uncleanness, once again, it's the works of the devil. Marriage uh, in deep trouble. All you do is fight. Uh, and if you're not fighting, it would almost be better if you fight. Uh, if you're not, it's the silence in the home that's deafening. No communication, no connection. Uh, I want to say to you, that's the works of the devil. That's what he produces when our hearts aren't right with God. As our heads are bowed. We need to make a beeline to the altar very shortly. Before that, perhaps you're here tonight. You're not saved. You're not right with God. You have not been born again. You're not a Christian. You need your sins forgiven, and you know that tonight. And this is the night that you want to be saved and forgiven of your sins, and you want to get right with God. You know you're not. Your life's a mess. The works of the devil, you can see it so clearly, maybe for the first time. I want to ask you so that I can say a prayer for you. I want to ask if you would lift your hand up right now. Lift your hand right up. All over this building. Pastor, I need Jesus and I want to pray. Lift your hand up right now. All over this building. Oh, God, right now, touch hearts. Every life that is in need of saving grace, oh, God, touch them right now. In Jesus' name. Would you lift your hand right up? Pastor Stevens, pray for me. That's all I'm asking you to do. Let me pray for you. Lift your hand right up in Jesus' name. I know I need to repent. I know I need forgiveness. I know my life represents the works of the devil. Maybe you're backslidden. You're away from God. Sin has laid hold of your mind and your heart. Deception is leading you down a wrong road. You have not been praying. You have not been into your word. You're carnal. You're of the flesh. You are backslidden. There's no evidence of salvation. If I went into your home, there wouldn't be an open Bible somewhere. Nobody would ever hear prayer or tongues in the home. Because your life is adrift from God. You're backslidden. And it's time for you to repent and get your heart right. And I want to ask you to lift your hand. Be man and, or woman enough, courageous enough to say, yes, that describes me. Lift your hand right up. Lift it right up all over this building in Jesus' precious name. There are people here. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you, ma'am. I see that. You can put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? 
There are people here. You need salvation. You need to rededicate your life to Christ. You're not, you're not, you're not living for God like you know you should be. You are religious. That's all that your life has been reduced to. You have a form of godliness, but no power, no passion, no zeal. Lift your hand right up. Please let me pray for you. All right, if you raise your hand, would you look at me? Did you mean that tonight? You want prayer? Would you let us pray for you? I'd like you to come. One of the sisters is going to come and pray with you tonight. Every other head bowed, every eye closed. Will you do that tonight? Will you make an effort to identify the areas of your life where the evidence is there so clearly where the devil's been at work? Your emotions, your mind, your marriage, your finances, your ministry, your calling. It's evident. Jesus came. To destroy the works of the devil. That means there are works of the devil. And where would those works be? They would be in our hearts and lives. There's delivering power here tonight. There's healing power. There's cleansing power. There's forgiving power. There's power here to throw the devil off the job side of your life. And to hire God as it were. God, I want you present, working your works, manifesting your love and your power, and destroying all that the devil's done. I'm not, I'm not living in an atmosphere of destruction any longer. I've had it. No more. All standing. We're not going to sing. I want us all praying tonight as we draw this season of prayer and fasting to a close. Uh, Everyone standing tonight, let's come and fill the altars. Uh, and I want you to begin to pray and begin to cry out to God. Uh, amen. We need God to work and move and accomplish his purpose and will. Uh, the devil has been at work long enough. And sometimes we pride ourselves. I am saved. I'm in ministry. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm in church. Uh, and all of that is well and good. But even in the best of us, Satan can find a way in. To manifest his work. He finds a place to deposit things and to take action that undermine and torment. Father, I give you praise. I glorify you and worship you, Lord. I want you to begin to pray tonight, lifting up your voice and crying out to God. Oh, God, I give you praise. I glorify your name. I rejoice, O oh God, in all that you have done and accomplished in our lives, O oh Lord. Oh, God, you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be glorified. You're worthy to be exalted. And your name, O oh Lord, is above every name. And there is no other name given. 
whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. Oria ravila rabasha, ria ravila rabakosia, la ravila rabasha, ria ravila rabakasia, ravila rabaro, la ravila rabasha, ria ravila ramando. God, wash over this altar with your precious blood. Stir faith in the hearts of the saints, O God. Hallelujah, Father, wherever Satan has been working, O God. Hallelujah, you begin to work, Lord God. We invite you onto the property of our lives to begin to cleanse and dissolve and wash and undo all the works of the devil, O God, in our marriages, in our finances, in our physical bodies, O God, in our ministries. Lord, Hallelujah, Rabba Shoria Ravilara, Yendere Alaraba Coria Ravilara Bashoria, Yendere Alaraba Rondo Rolorobo Rabala Ravilara Mandai. Oria Ravilara Basharia Ravilara Bacosia. La ravila rabashoria ravila rabakasia la ravila rabasharia ravila rabakoria ra la ramandere vila rabashoro lorobo selere vila ramando rolorose Oh God you're worthy to be praised oh Lord you're worthy to be glorified you're worthy oh God to be exalted Lord thank you Jesus cleanse our hearts and minds oh God from the works of the devil Oh, God. I have felt a real assault of hell against marriages over the last period of time and been praying, naming our couples before God. Help them, Lord. Bring deliverance to these marriages, Lord. And there are married couples here. You haven't seen hope. How can it ever change? How can I get rid of my anger? How can I forgive my husband, my wife? How can we ever be in love? Well, we invite Jesus onto the property. And we cast hell off. No more anger. No more unforgiveness. God, you give me the ability to love. I want to see your work in my life, in my marriage. There are people here, your finances are a complete disaster. Some of it may be disobedience to the tithe and liberality and such things, but sometimes we come under assault of hell. The devil is a squatter. He's a thief. And we're throwing him off the property of our finances. There are people here sick in your physical body, constantly sick. There are some families, constant sickness with kids. Can't function, can't perform, can't do your duty. Enough of that already. Enough of the work. I don't have to tolerate this anymore. I am the boss in the name of Jesus, and I am firing Satan and driving him off the property of my life, and I'm welcoming Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and the promises of God. Let's all stand tonight. I can't possibly name every issue in every circumstance 
in every situation. There may be a lot of things outside the boundaries of anything I've mentioned. But tonight we're going to pray for thorough cleansing in our lives from all the works of the devil. Let's allow God onto the property so that he can do what he needs to do. You may not even know what the devil's been up to. Because, as I said, he works behind the scenes, under the surface, behind the camera. Doesn't want you to see him at work. Doesn't want you to attribute what's going on in your life to his activity. He's a squatter. He's a thief. He's an interloper. And I want you to bow your heads tonight. No better way to start the new year, prayer and fasting. No better way to start the new year by a real Deliverance in our lives, cleansing and washing away from everything in our lives that is not of God and establishing dominion in our lives. Pray this prayer, oh my God, oh my God in heaven, I open my heart, my life, and I invite you onto the property of my life, my marriage, my physical body, my mind, my finances, every area, Lord, where Satan has been at work. I can see where he's been at work. I recognize it now. There are things that I've been tolerating that I should not tolerate because there are promises of God that are applied to my life. Promises of healing, promises of provision, promises of love promises of blessing. And Lord, I'm claiming all of that. Go to work in every area of my life. Let this be a year where my whole life is dedicated to allowing you to work as you will. And a year where Satan is no longer going to be employed on the property of my life. I claim it, God. Help me, O Lord. Establish faith. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Let's give God praise tonight. Hallelujah. Oria Ravila Rabba Rose. Oria Ravila Rabba Rondo Rodo Robo Saya. Oh God, you're worthy to be praised, O oh Lord. <coughs> you're worthy to be glorified. Worthy to be exalted. Oh Lord, your name is above every name. For yea, the Lord would say tonight, cry out healing and I will heal you. Cry out for blessing and I will bless you. Cry out for peace and I will give you peace. Cry out for fruitfulness and I will provide for you fruitfulness. 
Cry out to me, O God. Cry out to me, saith the Lord, and I will pour out my spirit in your life, and I will manifest my work, saith God. Allow me to do so by faith. Lay hold of me, saith the Lord. Cry out and claim my promises for your life. And yea, in the days ahead, I will manifest my works, and Satan will no longer manifest his work in your life. Only cry out to me daily. Saith the Lord in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. There's a lot that God has in store for this year. Not everything that happens in our lives are things that we imagine, things that we have a vision for, things that we think about. We simply need to be a surrendered people so that God can move in our midst and accomplish his will. And there's no better way to start this year than to surrender to God. Everything that we are and everything that we have. Let's bow our heads. We want to dismiss the service tonight and let you go. We're rejoicing. We're thanking God. Let's pray for continued breakthrough tonight in every life so that in our lives we can see the manifest works of God. Amen. Amen. Don't forget Friday, all the ministry, Saturday, Sunday. Let's have a great weekend. Believe God for great things. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, if um, Joe uh, Rodriguez would close the service in prayer. Thank God for speaking to us tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Go rejoicing. Love one another.